podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Footballer Season 2, Episode 7. I am your host, Hunter. This week, I am joined by professional FIFA coach, Steve Stokes, market expert and foot trader, Paul, otherwise known as Right Foot, and Footstock's legend, Matt Lamborn. This podcast was recorded Friday, October 15th at 6 p.m. UK. Topics we're going to be going over is Road to the Knockouts, Team of the Week number four, the first patch of FIFA 22, the live tuning of finesse shots, and we're going to have some hot takes here at the end, but most importantly, the no-loss glitch. Now, at the time of this recording of Friday, EA had not officially acknowledged the existence of the no-loss glitch. They've since acknowledged it and taken action against accounts who are abusing the no-loss glitch and banning these accounts based on terms of service agreements. So be smart out there. Well, let's get into the show. Paul, how are you doing this week? I am very good. Can't wait to get cracking. Matt, how are you? I'm having an up and down week with FIFA in general, just as I think things are clicking for me. I get a run of games like in Rivals or whatnot where I'm getting absolutely battered. So I'm back to the drawing board. Maybe you guys will steer me in the right direction throughout the duration of this episode. We shall see. Sounds good. Steve, thanks for joining us this week. How are you? I'm steady as she goes, Hunter. Yeah, I've just been enjoying the fallout from the latest EA catastrophe, the no-loss glitch in Foot Champs, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later on the pod. Absolutely. That was a very hot topic today in the latest Top Bins episode that I just watched before we recorded. Today is Friday, 6 p.m. UK. Let's go ahead and kick it off with this new promo that just dropped today, Road to the Knockouts. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Of these players releasing this team, which one stands out to you the most? Obviously, Sun is a good one, but uh, most people won't be able to afford that one. Yeah, let's talk realistic here. Um, I think there's a couple of good options. Given what happened last year where we got an objective card for Ryan Gravenberch, um, I've been looking forward to them doing something again with that card. That one's popped up very cheap, perhaps a little bit difficult at this stage to work into a a team, but I imagine as more Eredivisie players come out, that will be less of a problem, but that one certainly looks like good value right now. Tonali would have been perhaps a little bit more appealing had he not just got an inform last week. So this one's very pricey for a relatively small upgrade there, but that does look like a very good card nonetheless. But I like it and it's interesting to get a promo with three different coloured cards. I don't think I've ever seen that before. So if you like that little bit of variation in your squad building, then uh, I'm sure that'll appeal to somebody. Yeah, they are some nice looking cards. A new design for the green and the orange ones. I think the uh, UCL cards look to be about the same, but uh, yeah, it's good to see them start to make changes aesthetically. Steve, which one of these players stands out to you? Which one are you looking to get into your squad if you can afford it? I think the one that would most appeal to me and click with my play style would be Rodrigo, the Real Madrid winger. I think as well, looking at the fixtures that they've got remaining, they've got two games against Shakhtar Donetsk, home and away. They're away to Sheriff. Obviously, Sheriff turned them over bit of an upset in the uh, the first game that they played and then they're at home to Inter so I think there's a realistic opportunity that they could win three of those four very realistic I would say and probably likely to get the upgrade it's not the cheapest of cards it's just weighing in at around 300,000 on consoles at the moment but uh, yeah I think you've got to weigh in the value that Real are likely to get that upgrade yeah they're heavy favorites I'd be shocked if they didn't get the upgrade Paul you're the market guy which one of these cards sticks out to you which one's the bargain I'm sat here like a crackhead needing his fix wanting to buy some cards because it's 6pm UK on a Friday, but I will have to wait. Isak, I like the look of Isak. He's 
Four star, five star. It's 140k ish at the moment. There'll probably be a little bit more than, quite a bit more than that when I get off this pod. But yeah, it looks a really good card. I liked his card at the back end of the last FIFA. He just, just seemed to finish everything. He just seemed to get there in front of the defenders with a really good card. So I'll be, I'm excited to use that one. You think he'll be able to stay on his feet with 69 balance? Yeah, because he's got the balance of a unicycle. Wank, wank. Oops. You got it right this week. We're all proud of you. Thanks. I think something that needs to be pointed out with Isak is that Real Sociedad haven't really gotten off to the, the best start in the Europa League. Played two, drawn two, yet to register their first win. So, got to be questions about whether they'll win the, the three or four to get the upgrade. And seems pretty unlikely that they're going to qualify from a group that's got PSV and, and Monaco in it, both of which seem to be going quite well. So, uh, yeah, maybe not going to get the upgrades. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the upgrades for these cards if anybody wants to keep up with these upgrades, there's a great website you can go to, fifauteam.com. We'll put a link in the show notes, but you can track these cards, how many upgrades they've gotten, where they started and where they are if you want to keep up with them. Because once they get upgraded, you can't see the previous version of the game. So be sure to check that out in the show notes. You know, one card we didn't talk about is Mateus Delic. Paul, what about that SBC? Does it seem cheap? I mean, he seems a decent center back. Got decent links, but he's a little bit on the slow side for center backs. Yeah, it's about 80 k does not look a bad card. He's got 75 acceleration, 79 sprint speed, 94 strength, 85 defensive awareness. It looks a good card. I think if you can link him in, which you can do quite easily now because we've just got two more Serie A centre mids and Theo Hernandez in this week's Team of the Week. Yeah, it's a good card if you're going down that route or route for you American viewers, listeners. I think as well with the Licht, it's worth pointing out that Inter are in the same group as Real. So again, easy fixtures. They've got a couple against Sheriff and one against Shakhtar. So again, likely to get the upgrade, probably likely to qualify from the group. There's an Andre objective out there. It's one of the uh, UCL Road to the Final cards. Has everybody had a chance to look at that? What do you think about that one, Steve? Well, it's, it's underwhelming, really. It needs an upgrade and I'm not really sure that it's going to get an upgrade. It's just free. So, you know, there's that. It's, it's got a link to Renato Sanchez. It's French and it's league on, so it'll get in my free player project quite nicely. But yeah, it's when you look at the stats, it's just, it's, it's got horrible dribbling. It can't shoot. I mean, it's a CDM, but it's high, high. It's really going to operate as a box to box midfielder if you are going to use it. Defensive stats aren't all that great. Got good stamina and aggression. Pretty decent jumping if you're into that sort of thing. But apart from that, it's uh, rash, really. Yeah, he's pretty dog shit, really. You know, he's nowhere near the power curve now. I've only had the game out three weeks. How does he get an 83 overall rating when you look at those stats? That, yeah. That's, that's really misleading. I'm just looking on footbid now, and with a basic, he gets an 80 cam. It, yeah, it's just a bad card. It's not built for the game. It's one of those Tony Cruz type of players. Yeah. It's worse than that. Yeah. Moving beyond this first squad that we just saw today from Road to the Knockouts, let's talk about this team of the week. Pretty juice team of the week. Quite a few good cards in there. You got Rafina, Mane, Depay, Milinkovic, Savage, Romero. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Romero, the center back from Argentina. Steve, what do you like from team of the week number four? Most of all, I like the prices, Hunter. The team of the week four is absolutely tanked. Uh, I don't know if Paul wants to talk about this a little bit, but because of the no-loss glitch, people have been hitting 20 and zeros left, right and centre in champs. They've been getting great team of the week packs. The market has been flooded and prices have gone through the floor. So I was eyeing up Rafinha uh, maybe as a substitute for my team. 
uh, looking at them this morning and it was a bit prohibitive, but now it's it's around to about 55,000 on Xbox. And it's a nice card. It's, it's a really well-balanced card. I was playing around with chemistry styles with him earlier on. And it's one of these cards where you look at it and you think, well, do I need a chem card on him or, or does basic just suit him well? He, he gets a nice boost to his speed, his shooting, his passing, his agility. That's really what you want. His, his strength is a little bit on the low side, but just with the basic chem card, you know, you're taking that up to 77. Really well-rounded. Pete doesn't have uh, five-star skills or five-star weak foot. He's four-star, four-star. But I've used his uh, his base gold card on the free player project account quite a lot. And something that I think is, is a real thing this year is when you've got players that are quite short and quite light. Did a bit of research this morning, actually, into the weight of players, into uh, some of the cards that are the best dribblers in the database. And there seems to be a kind of cutoff point at about 72, 73 kilograms, where the real top-tier dribblers in the game, and I think it's a really important thing this year, they tend to be no heavier than that. And Rafinha comes in underneath that threshold at, at 68 kilos. And yeah, just a really, really versatile player. You could, you could play him out on the wing, you could play him at striker, although he's got 80 composure, which might be a bit of a worry. And he'd make an excellent false nine for, for people that are running false nines. So, uh, yeah, good card, versatile card, and really cheap as well. You know, one card I didn't mention on purpose, and I'll go ahead and do it now. Wise, if you're listening, I'm going to mention Theo Hernandez at 229K. That card looks fantastic. If anybody wants to give him a run, Paul, do you think that's a, a bargain price at 230K on PS5? Well... I did last night because I actually bought one yesterday oh. thinking that is too cheap at 200k. Um, oh, no. I just thought it was ridiculously cheap. And then all these cheating f***ers came in today. No loss glitched their way to 20 and 0, which supplied the market with a ridiculous amount of Team of the Week packs and Team of the Week cards. So this week's Team of the Week got absolutely stung. I think Milinkovic Savage halved in price. Theo Hernandez went down 70 or 80k. Cards got absolutely stung. So yes, I think he's going to become untradeable in my club. Never to leave the club. I'm just going to put him in my team, I think, and just use him now because, you know, he'll be a fullback I can use until Team of the Year, I imagine. Only trouble with the card is he's got the shooting of a unicycle. Yeah, most of my players seem to have the shooting of a unicycle, Steve, so there's nothing changed there. <laughs> Matt, which one of these... We lost Matt. <laughs> Sorry about that. Look at them legs. I just had to go put the heating on, it's f***ing freezing in here. Look at them, it's because you've got fucking shorts on, Matt. Yep, could have something to do with it. Haven't found my jeans since I've moved, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Man's lost his pants. shorts. <laughs> Team of the week, four. I dabbled in a couple and actually put them into practical use this week. I tried Bastoni thinking, pace isn't that important this year. Not a big deal. He's only got 70 pace. Whacked a shadow on him. Absolutely fucking useless against you know the typical pace hoary players in, in, in FIFA. Um, Werner just eats him alive, unfortunately. So don't buy that one, despite its cheapness, unless you're going to use it for an SBC at some point. Uh, Milinkovic Savage, though, although I have lost 25k on it, thanks to today's antics, thanks EA, is a really solid card. And the thing I like about him, despite not having an enormous amount of pace as well, is he's a very good player to basically initialize your attacking moves because he deflects so much physical contacts that he comes into 
just basically runs through people unless you've got a, a truly outstanding high-powered CDM, say like a Fabinho or someone. He's going to be able to block most initial attempts to tackle and is like jockeying and shoulder-to-shoulder is just absolutely outstanding. And it's quite adept on his feet for for such a big guy. You know, he, he can do his Berber spins and, and stuff absolutely no problem whatsoever. So you can get out of some tricky situations with him. So in terms of getting box-to-box, I think that's a really good card. And now because of what's happened, today with the no loss glitch you can gain for 25k and if you're running a serial team i think it's an absolute bargain and you know, very flexible in terms of where you can play them around the pitch as well so i would encourage most people to to give that one a try if it suits your team so it's a good card five star weak foot too which is nice yeah you know another one that to me is surprisingly cheap even though on playstation he's pushing 900k at the moment but a Mane card with the cam position is pretty rare to have somebody with that kind of pace, that kind of shooting, passing and dribbling, especially 79 physical Mane with the ability to play in the midfield or at striker brings loads of squad building opportunities to you. If you have the coins, I don't know if you should buy him now, Paul, you, should, you can probably weigh in a little bit here, but to me, 880k for that card right now seems pretty cheap because that card is going to last a long time. Would you agree? Yeah, I've just bought a man here just before the pod started and I just looked at the team of the week then he looks to be up 50k already, which is nice. But yeah, it looks an unbelievable card. He's going to be my striker for this weekend. I know a lot of pros that prefer Mane big time over Neymar this year, so that ought to say something as well. Mm, I still have yet to use Neymar. Maybe one day. Not great. Not great. You sold, Not great. You sold Neymar, right? I did. We, we parted company, very sadly. Perhaps the saddest FIFA of all time, having to sell Neymar. But yeah, he's uh, it's just not it. I think you'd probably appreciate him until you use somebody like Messi and then you see that his dribbling is just, it's not up there. I tried everything. I, I did everything to, to save the relationship. I tried a finisher. I tried an engine. But unfortunately, it just wasn't to be. And uh, sadly, we're no longer together. Okay. You went a little too far with that one, Steve. But yeah, anyways, the, the market. Neymar. We're moving. Love name. The market is down big time, most in part to do to this no loss glitch. Uh, we made an announcement in our Discord server, which you can find at footballers.com. There's a link on the website, but basically telling all of our followers and our members that you should really just hold your fire here with this market because with the no loss glitch, we don't condone this kind of behavior whatsoever. It shouldn't be in the game. It's honestly, it's a disgrace that it's still in the game after all these years. We still have issues like no loss glitches. And according to the Top Bins episode today, the community manager, and I'm going to quote him here, didn't acknowledge the fact that there is a no loss glitch. He just acknowledged the chat and said, don't use cheats. It's against our terms of service. Don't fall for it. So for the community manager to come out and say, don't fall for it, and I'm I'm quoting him here, to me, it's almost as if they're blaming the community for their screw up. Steve, care to comment? Well, yeah, I do. And I did, actually. I did uh, drop a message in the chat there saying that it, it seems a bit rich to be blaming the community for this, especially the community manager, Zaro. Of all people. Well, exactly. Yeah. I, it's, the community is going to use anything that they can to their advantage. They're bound to. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying. That's what, that's what Foot's about. It's about getting a competitive edge. The, the ethics of whether you should or shouldn't do it are another matter. But I don't think that you can really blame people particularly for doing it. The, the problem is not that the community are, are abusing the glitch. The problem is that there's a glitch there to be abused in the first place. And, you know, I pointed that out. I, I sent a message and, and received the reply, are you feeling guilty much? Which I thought was uh, 
little bit surprising. So um, Zara applied to you as if you were feeling guilty? Yeah. Nice. So, you know, I basically just replied saying what I've said there and said, you know, look, it's, it's not about me. It's just nothing to do with me. It's, uh, it's an EA thing. Yeah. Again. The, the chat was just being overloaded with people saying fix no loss glitch and the mods in that chat were deleting those messages. Ah, proper Third Reich stuff going on there, man. When he said it's against our terms of service, don't fall for it. You know what else is against terms of service is coin selling. And what do they do to coin sellers, Paul? Oh, don't even get me started. I think the rest of the community are getting a glimpse here at what traders have to put up with most of the year with short foots, bots, all that sort of stuff. Is It's all cheating and it drives me mad. And they allow it to happen. The odd people get banned, but the, I feel like the majority of the people don't. And they need to put the foot down. They need to acknowledge it for a start. The community manager saying feel guilty much is not... It's not hopeful, is it? Do you know what I mean? They need to face this head on and they don't. It's frustrating. Sorry, a bit, a bit of a rant there about cheating, but no. it just drives me mad. Yeah, but if you're busted for buying or selling coins, they ban you from playing the game. They'll give you a warning if you're lucky, but most of the time they'll just ban you outright. You won't even be able to access the menus. You, you might not even be able to access foot or the game. Now, if that is a violation of terms of service, they're using that as grounds to ban someone from the game that they purchased. Are they going to ban everybody else for doing no loss glitch, Matt? No, because there'll be too many people involved. It would be a PR disaster because it reflects very poorly on EA and ultimately would cost them too much revenue. They will only apply those kind of terms, uh, violations of terms of service when it it favours their pocket. Unfortunately, you know they're they're not a public service at the end of the day. Uh, as much as we would like them to be a bit more ethical when it comes to these type of things. The response that you got from the community manager there, Steve, it just smacks of narcissism. Like that person does not have the right pedigree, the right yeah. attitude to be in that position yeah. um, where they can sort of swat you off with an insult to try and make you look bad publicly in, in a forum of, of, of like-minded people. Granted that they're, they're probably under instruction to not go anywhere near the topic, but they should just be more polite about it if if they can't deal with the situation then at least be nice to people who were trying to bring it to their attention okay i can't go there but you know we we, we hear you sort of thing just to try and like palm you off is, is absolutely obscene and that person shouldn't be in that position if that's their sort of default response to try and deal with those, those type of situations it's it's quite pathetic really i think it was really disappointing that i mean the least that could have been done would be to say something like yeah look we're aware of it we've got people working on it you know what's wrong with that that that's a much more appropriate response than do you feel guilty much it's just childish it's just it's it's embarrassing really it's not the type of behavior you expect it's it's unbecoming of a 40 billion dollar company to act like this but it just really rubs me the wrong way because they've they've really painted themselves in a corner here and there's absolutely nothing that anybody can do about it because they'll do what they do. And it's like Matt said, if they actually applied terms of service to everyone equally, then they would lose a lot of their user base because of this no loss glitch. Well, the question is here as well, when, when we're talking about terms of service and potentially banning people, is there any way that they can track who's actually done it and hasn't done it? How, how can they be aware of who's used the no loss glitch? I don't see any way that they could that they could actually figure out who's been doing it and who hasn't. I think that you can. They have data for each individual game with the telemetry tools. And I think when you disconnect, it'll show you that you disconnected and they can probably go back and look at that. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I do know that they can look and see down to the MAC address of the hardware you're using when you access the foot market, when you access the game. 
So if they have that kind of technical information, I wouldn't put it past their ability to be able to track who's doing it and who's not. Sounds like a lot of trouble to go to. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just a disaster. I'm not going to spend any more time on it unless somebody else has something to say. But it's, it's not just that. I mean, this is, we were talking the other week about things that really annoy us about EA mistakes. And this falls into my category of things that really annoy me because it gives certain players an advantage over others. Then the players that have taken advantage of this no loss glitch have got a huge advantage over everybody else. You know, the, the coin balance gets a massive increase. They've got all these informs that they've been able to sell, which they're not entitled to. Whereas people who've played the game fairly and squarely, you know, they're the ones that are being punished. Yeah, absolutely. Hey kids, we're EA and we're here to teach you that fair play is not rewarded. Yeah, who needs ethics anyway? You get that loading screen every now and again that tells you they're all about fair play and equality, Steve. And you say, "Oh shit, I didn't say." Oh, I wasn't yeah, aware of that. It comes oh, up every sorry, now I stand and again. corrected, Paul. Yeah, yeah, we get kits and stuff telling you all about it. We'll get them at some point. They'll give you a TFO or something. All oh, right, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they'll make you pay for the TFO this year. Yeah, <laughs> or they'll only give it to half the community. Yeah, I hope I'm in the half that doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> God damn, Steve. <laughs> I love me a Tifo. Love him. All right. We got a new patch. What do we think about this new patch? Initially, I didn't feel like too much changed as far as how the game felt. I feel like X passes are a little bit better, and that may be due to the animations they discussed in the pitch notes about players taking unusually large touches, which could result from animations. But has anybody noticed anything drastically different in the patch? Steve, we'll start with you. I think they've they've done what they said they'd do, really, which I was going to say it shouldn't come as a surprise, but <laughs> you never know, do you, I suppose? I, I, I think gameplay-wise, they've, they've been bang on this year to, to give EA their due on that side of things. The finesse needed looking at. I was I, I was quite happy with the way the patch stood, or rather I should say, we, we should point out that there's been two adjustments, really, with finesse shots in particular. There was a change made in the patch to goalkeeper animations so that they would be better equipped to save the the kind of crazy long shot finesses. And then it was announced shortly afterwards that uh, the, the tuning tool was being rolled out and that would enable them to, uh, to tweak finesses furthermore. And that's, I first of all, I don't really understand why they had to do the two things separately. I don't understand why they had to use the tuning tool when a patch was coming out anyway. And second of all, my feeling initially is that there really wasn't that much need to, to tweak finesses a great deal more. My worry is that if they remove the long-range finesse from the game or long-range shots of any type, then people are just going to be able to park the bus without any fear of, of shots being rained down on them from a distance. And, you know, I think we need some sort of deterrent. And as things stand, that deterrent was the long-range finesse. So, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about the way that plays out. Yeah, I have noticed people still trying to shoot long finesse shots and I haven't conceded one in about 10 games. So that's a massive change from where I was before. But going back to the the tuning of the finesse shot, you know, they they might have needed to do the initial patch first so that they could start doing the tuning. Like, you know, maybe the tuning wasn't available until they put something in the patch. So that could be a reason why. But yeah, I, I also said the same thing. Like, why didn't they just throw it into the patch? They just released it the same day. But either, either way, the, yeah. the outcome is the same. I mean, yeah. once upon a time in the FIFA stadium, Rose Ed used to be a safe place to sit, but I'm, I'm not sure it is anymore, having seen some of these finesses flying around. <laughs> yeah. Matt, have you uh, you been playing the game much since the patch? Yeah, uh, plenty of games. I can't say it's 
there's a noticeable massive change from my perspective. I'm still scoring some finesses from range. I'm conceding finesses from range. And in fairness, a patch shouldn't have massively instantly noticeable, impactful things that should be quite subtle. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't notice anything, it's probably doing its job. It's just minor tweaks. And then the next patch will just be a minor tweak. And patch to patch, you shouldn't notice too much, but over the course of many patches, the gameplay can differ quite substantially. But yeah, I'm quite, I was happy with how it was. I'm happy how it is. So no, no problems for me, generally speaking. I think it's good that we haven't encountered the situation we have done in previous years, whereby the first patch dramatically alters the game. We definitely don't have that. So that's only a positive from my perspective. How are we all feeling about the new goalkeeper animations that we've seen, where they've made an adjustment, obviously, to make it harder for goalkeepers to get to shots that are supposedly hit in the air from inside the area, but it seems to have affected quite a bit more than that. I don't know if that's a knock-on effect from, from that change, but there seems to be a new falling over without putting your hands up animation. Has anybody seen that? Yeah, I'd noticed that the other day, and I've not really played a load of games, but I did notice the keeper sort of diving, but not really trying, sort of like when your five-year-old nephew takes a penalty against you and you sort of pretend to save it, you know, that type of animation. My five-year-old nephew just drills them straight past me, to be honest. (laughs) I'm not as mobile as I used to be, though, I've got to be honest. I'll try to practice a bit harder. Paul, what about the rest of the patch? I know Steve kind of jumped the gun and skipped over you, but I wouldn't do that to you. I only skip Steve. But what do you think about the rest of the patch? Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. My voice will be heard. Yeah. yeah, I've not played loads of games, but as Matt said, I've not really noticed anything too drastic. I've taken, I don't take too many finesse shots, but the ones I have been taking have, have still been going in. Oh, they seem to hit the post a lot and then rebound and score. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is... Something that happened before the patch, I'm not sure because I didn't really take many. But yeah, it's I'm still enjoying the game. It's not broken anything. I don't know if it's fixed anything, but it's it's still an enjoyable game. They've done a decent job, I think. Yeah, so uh, how did your first experience in the playoffs and finals go? Uh, it's difficult one to answer because I'm still not 100% sure what the hell's going on <laughs> with qualifiers, with with weekend league and, and all that kind of stuff. It, it really is still baffling me. But I played Dave Rivals last week. I qualified for weekend league, won- got through the playoffs and got a rank free. So yeah, that, that all went very swimmingly. And I, I think, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who's worked this out, so I'm not trying to sound like I'm being really clever here or anything, but playing it on the Friday sucked. Saturday was better. Sunday was great because people were giving away games for free because they'd, they'd finished their their little spin of the wheel by that point. So uh, try and pack as many of your games into Sunday and you might encounter some players who are feeling quite generous. And yes, that is different than using no loss glitch because that's another person giving you a win, not you cheating the win out of somebody else. Bastards. I don't think I've ever played a foot champions where I don't have a horrible, horrible delay and end up playing people in, in Belgium or Sweden or somewhere. So I had that to deal with. I enjoyed it. It was good. I got my way to, I want to say gold three, but it's not gold three, is it? It's, it's rank three. So yeah, I, I got there as well. Gave away a couple of games at the end. Rewards were terrible, but it's good. I like the new system. I think now it's now it's sort of bedding in and people have a vague understanding of how it all works. I like it. In a way, it's, it's similar to, to what it was before in terms of the number of games that you play. There seems to be a sort of myth, really, that they've reduced the number by the time you take into account the playoffs. You're still playing roughly around 30 games, but I think that the big change is that you're, you're not necessarily having to complete all 30 games, shall we say. So it's a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more chilled, and it's easy to get your hands on those rewards, even if they are not the finest. 
Paul, best player on your street. How did it go? Yeah, I got 20 in all today in two hours. It was great. Um, jokes aside. How did you do that? People just kept quitting against me and I'm amazing. So I just smashed everyone. <laughs> um, but no, I've not played today yet. But last weekend, I really enjoyed it. As you just said there, Steve, it, it seemed quite relaxed for a weekend league, which yeah. I, I really enjoyed. I did quite well. I got rank two. I think I got a few games gifted to me. But yeah, really, really, really enjoying it. I like the playoffs as long as I keep qualifying every week. I like the setup. It's just a bit of competitive FIFA during the week and only 20 games on a weekend. But like I say, if I qualify every weekend, that's amazing, which it does seem quite random. I've known some decent players not qualifying, which is just so random, the playoffs. Well, my uh, my first experience in the playoffs didn't go as planned. And most of that was due to things out of my control. The very first game that I played in playoffs, I got disconnected from the servers. I think I had one disconnect last year in the entire season of FIFA. Got a random disconnect, got kicked off the foot servers, never lost my connection to PlayStation Network, but went back in, played it a little while later. And that's when they made the announcement about maintenance. It was 0400 UCT when they made the announcement. Well, when they did that, they announced that they were going to do maintenance at 06. Well, they pushed the announcement out on the consoles and it kicked everyone who was logged into a game off of the servers. So that was a second loss. And after the maintenance, I got back on, got disconnected again. So started off 0-3, needing to win the next five of six. And I took two losses. So did not qualify. Uh, Working to get my 2,000 points back. Hopefully I can stay connected next time. But yeah. The games in in the playoffs seemed much less difficult than uh, rivals where I'm currently at, knock on the door, Division 4. So maybe the matchmaking will get more stringent like like they talked about before with the ELO, the way it works, but maybe it'll get harder in the finals. But the the playoffs seemed more casual to me than rivals. Did anybody else feel the same way? Yeah, I thought it was quite difficult, but I do think that going forward, it's going to get more and more difficult as people are as the shitters are going to run out of try run out of attempts you're only going to be left with people who qualify every weekend so the likes of me might start struggling to qualify then and start using up attempts because you only get six or seven for six weekend leagues i think it is so i do feel like it is going to become more difficult towards the end of the season i think you'll find people getting disheartened i think that we've got to remember that we're all of us really above average players and What's not always necessarily a problem for us can be a big problem for for other people. I know from the footballers' discord, there there are quite a few people that have failed to qualify, so they've had to go out and play the division rivals again, then go through the the playoffs. So, you know, again, kind of backs my earlier point about saying that the number of games has been reduced to 20. For a lot of people, it's it's increased massively, you know, that they're having to play this huge amount of rivals games. Then there's the playoff games. And if they're failing in that, they've got to go back and play more Rivals games, another set of playoff games, and then the 20 games start, you know, so oof. I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter saying, if I don't qualify this next time, that's me done. So like you say, Steve, I think there'll be a lot of people getting disarmed because, you know, for a lot of people, weekend league is ultimate team. That's why they build the teams. That's why they get the coins. That's why they trade. And if the... If they can't qualify, they'll soon walk away from the game. So I believe if that does happen here, it might give us unlimited attempts or something. I'm not sure. But from a market point of view, Paul, 
isn't that something that EA would be quite keen on? Because surely they can't just keep handing out these team of the week cards to everybody the way that they've been doing in the in the opening week. I don't know. I think it might be a ploy for them to for people to think my team's not good enough to qualify. Let's go spend a load of FIFA points, and that just brings more supply. But you know, most of these team of the week cards that people are getting, the majority of them are crap, aren't they? Really, let's you know the ten k, the three team of the week pack is usually worth thirty k, so it's not putting that many coins onto the market. Well, we got a little bit of time left. We're going to go over some community questions real quick, and then we'll get into our hot take segment, which is the latest edition of the podcast, which was really popular last week. But uh, we do have a question from Jack Custard from the Discord, Jack directs a question to Steve and says, would Steve rather have a rat size Ben Yetter up front or a Ben Yetter size rat in the free player project? Oh my God. What, what a question. Hmm. There are pros and cons to both, aren't there really? I, I don't think a rat size Ben Yetter would be much use unless he could just bite. Like, I think that probably more of a stir would be caused by a Ben Yetter sized rat, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be a bit intimidating? Maybe. I think I'd go for the Ben Yetter sized rat. And he, he couldn't be any worse than Timo Werner if I played him up front. So there's that. People who tune into the free player project will, will know what I mean. It's a nonsense because they are one and the same. And of course, if, if he is indeed a rat, you would call him Ben Cheddar. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, technically, Ben Yedder is a Ben Yedder-sized rat, isn't he? There you go, Jack. Steve, uh, we have a hot take from Kurt from the Discord, and he requests you read it, Mr. Popular today. It would, it would be my absolute pleasure, of course, Hunter. Kurt, who is, I suspect, not the, the Kurt that we all know and um, have opinions on, he says DDA, including 45th and 90th minute goals and kickoff glitch, is as real as the pitch is green. And anyone who does not believe such is just as clueless as EA themselves. I need Steve to read that one because I typed it with his cadence in mind. There we go. I'm going to sum this up real quick. DDA is not in the game. Reason being, how many times have you seen pro players or just really good non-pro players go 30-0 and in previous titles, go 20-0? and I saw more 20-0s and this last weekend than I care to look at. Could have been the no-loss glitch, but it still doesn't explain all the 30-0s last year. If DDA was a real thing, you wouldn't have so many players you wouldn't have over 100 players every weekend going 30-0. I don't know what you, you guys think about that, Matt. I don't have a massive opinion on it. There's obviously people who are a world apart from everyone else skill-wise, so they, they do it year in, year out. And um, yeah, consistency is key. Um, but yeah, it doesn't explain why life's so difficult for the rest of us mere mortals, I suppose. So I understand where uh, your man's coming from with, with that hot take. Paul, had his hand up. I was scratching my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to scratch. <laughs> well, is DDA a real thing? Steve, you didn't you didn't give an answer either. I concede and score too many bullshit 46 minute and 91 minute goals to believe there is something and kickoff goals that there is something. I don't know whether you call it DDA me bottling it, the I don't I don't know, but it just seems to happen a lot, and I don't know. I don't think there necessarily is DDA, but there's definitely something there that goes you now and again. If you switched on though, 
it should happen less this year because as per the the coach and the pro episode from this week, we're talking about slowing the game down and, and sort of game management. It's easier, I think, than ever to keep the ball in this game. So if you, you really want to be careful, as long as you have possession, it's going to be hard to concede a late goal. If you get into the last five minutes, it's dead easy to keep the ball way more than any other ultimate team that I can think of. And it makes you a bit of a rat for doing it. And it'll certainly piss people off. But if you're purely concerned about the result, keeping the ball isn't that hard, especially if you're prepared to just knock it around on, in your own half. Yes, it's a common tactic in, in competitive FIFA to just make sure that you get the last attack at the, at the end of each half. To answer the question or to, to address the hot take, does DDA exist in FIFA? Absolutely. Yes, it does. 100%. Um, anybody who has ever played squad battles will know that rubber banding is very much a thing in offline game modes. So yeah, it's there. If you if you say, for instance, go in with a 5-0 lead at half time, the AI is going to ramp it up in the second half. So yes, DDA does exist in FIFA. Does it exist in online game modes? Absolutely not. It's 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 preposterous to suggest that, that it does. And to come directly to the issue of goals being scored at the end of each half in the in the 45th and 90th minute. There are two good reasons why people perceive things that way. The first is that the 45th minute lasts a lot longer than any other minute in the game, and so does the 90th, because you obviously, you know, when people say they're considered a goal at the end of the half, they're counting the 45th, 46th and 47th minute. People tend to lump in stoppage time as well into the, the final minute. The second reason is that the 45th and 90th minute are the kind of markers within the game and people have a, a much greater awareness of those minutes. So if people believe in that kind of thing, what I'd encourage them to do is to pick any other number, probably around, you know, from the sort of 15th minute onwards, and pay attention to how many goals they score in, say, the 24th minute of each game, and they'll probably find out that it's roughly about the same as, as the number of goals scored in the 45th minute. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So there you go. If you think DDA is a thing, control your own destiny. Play like a rat. That's all I can tell you. I've got to add as well, really, that, you know, speaking as a coach, it really frustrates me that, that people believe in this kind of nonsense because it's it's just an excuse, frankly. It's an excuse for not taking responsibility for the fact that you're uh, you're getting beaten fairly and squarely. And if you don't do that, you can't improve. So, yeah, not, not a fan of it at all. We have another hot take from Tubblemeister. And Tubblemeister says, it's a, it's quite a long write-up, but I'll, I'll paraphrase it here. Basically, what he wants to know is, why are most of the content creators and pro players not taking their poor performance in the current iteration of the game? You know, why can't they accept the fact that they may not be great at the game right out of the gate? Instead, they blame things like mechanics and things that are broken in the game, and they think the whole game needs a complete rewrite. I, I saw this from pretty much every major content creator, and I still see it from quite a few that that I respect. Even the ones who are still going, again, 20-0, still winning a ton of games, they're still just talking the game down so much. Steve, take us through this one. The first point is that toxicity sells, doesn't it? Nobody wants to hear somebody saying that everything's all roses and rainbows. People want to hear people moaning, misery loves company, all that sort of thing. So I think that's one part of it. The other part of it is kind of back to what I was saying about DDA a moment ago. People are not really that good at accepting that they're not great at something, you know. I think deep down we all believe that we're above average drivers, don't we, really? No, I've never heard anybody say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a fucking terrible driver, me. You know, we, we all deep down think that we're uh, we're all quite at least average at the things that we do. And I think, I mean, like you say, 
Tubblesmeister's take is quite long, but he, he does advert to the idea that maybe they've been spoon fed and they found the game easy in previous years. This year's, it's, this year's game is a bit more challenging and, uh, they're struggling more with it. There may be some truth in that as well, but, uh, it's still, we've said, you know, ad nauseum that this, this is a game that you really need to adjust to. I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. It's, you know, it's caught a lot of pros by surprise, but they're getting there now. You know, I mean, everybody is adapting now. And uh, yeah, it's it's far easier to blame the game than it is to blame yourself, isn't it? I, th- I think that's the top and bottom of it. Yeah, I blamed the game for the first three weeks. This thing was out. Still do it sometimes. Blaming it this week? Just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. We moved past it though, because uh, I've got live coaching on demand. There we go. For those who haven't gotten any coaching yet or are seeking gameplay advice, where can they come in and join? Well, the, the place to be is the, the Patreon, the Foot Academy Patreon, which they will find at patreon.com forward slash Foot Academy. There are a limited number of coaching slots available. There are still some open. So uh, if, if you want to get coaching, personal coaching, game analysis, then hop in there quick and I'm sure we'll be able to get something figured quite quickly. But yeah, there's there's gameplay tutorials, there's advice. You know, you've got you've got access to me pretty much on demand to answer questions. So, you know, if you want the coaching, that's there. If you don't, if you just want to get better at the game, have a bit of fun and join a really good community, then uh, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Foot Academy. Sounds good. You guys have anything else you want to talk about? Kit clashes. Kit clashes. Yeah. So Steve, you've been on about this for a couple of weeks now. I haven't really noticed kit clashes to be an issue for me, but maybe that's, maybe it's a PlayStation thing or maybe it's the kits that I have selected, but what are you dealing with? Well, it seems to happen when you pick random kits. I just to do you use the Chelsea home and away kits by any chance, Hunter? Uh, no, I use Chelsea's home kit, and I use like one of the pink kits that I got from an objective. Right. Okay. The reason that I ask is that it seems that you only get these. It's, it's not that you get a clash with the opposition. It's more the point that if you select both of your kits, so you select your home kit and your away kit in say a rivals match. Quite often the referee will turn up wearing the colours of one of your kits. And that's that's something that I've bumped into quite a few times, actually. And it's a real pain in the arris because you end up sort of making micro movements to mark the referee and what have you. And by the time you've done that, an attacker's gone. Uh, and then what I found, the reason I ask you that question, is that if you use both kits belonging to one team, so... You know, maybe the team you support for me, it'd be Sunderland. Obviously, if I, if I use the Sunderland home kit and the Sunderland away kit, that doesn't happen. The goalkeepers wear the same coloured jerseys and the referees always consistently wear the same coloured jersey. So just a little tip that I'd like to share with listeners there, because I know that one or two people have been having problems with it. It's a good point. Good to know, because I don't know if this has been going on for seems like years, too. I mean, didn't we have kick clash issues last year and the year before and the year before? Yeah, it's just one of the frustrating things, really, isn't it? That a lot of the problems that were there last year seem to have come back again. Like, you know, we'll, we'll not start off the pink pitch lines thing again, but yeah. Don't, don't. No. Paul. Do you guys ever get an issue where you're taking a corner and you can't see the corner taker because a cameraman's standing over him? Yes. Now that pisses me off because I can't see what foot I'm taking the fucking corner on. Yeah. How that got through playtesting is, is beyond me. If anybody does have that issue and you don't know which player you're using to take corner kicks, you can pre-select that information in the match setup screen where you do your tactics and instructions and roles. All right. Well, that's all we got this week for hot takes and community questions. We thank you everybody for tuning in. Steve, you're going to be streaming soon, right? As soon as I get a chance. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm still pretty much under the pump with everything at the minute, but as, as soon as things get a little bit quieter and I've, I've got a little bit more time, I, I will start streaming again. Yeah, that'll be uh, twitch.tv forward slash the foot coach. And before you ask me, Hunter, because, you know, this isn't my first rodeo, people can also follow me on Twitter at the foot coach. Nicely done, Steve. Matt, have you got your setup for Twitch? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still having so much trouble like game to game in terms of connection quality. One game can be fine. The next, mm. I can get like two seconds worth of like input delay. So That's I'm just not ideal. in a position where I want to stream at the moment, but I will give it a try at some point in the near future. But if you want to contact me, I'm at Lambo Matt on Twitter or say hello in the Discord. Oh, you can find me on Twitch at Right Foot and on Twitter. Right f***ing foot, W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T. I thought you were going to skip it this week. No, no, no. It's a thing now. You made it a thing. I didn't make it a thing. You made it a thing. Damn right we did. You can find me on Twitter at the foot hunter, the underscore foot underscore hunter. And you can keep up with us on footballers.com. Go to our website. You can subscribe there. You can join our free discord. You can join the foot Academy from there and you can subscribe to our show. The next episode of coaching the pro is due out Thursday and we appreciate everybody. We'll catch you next time. Sports social podcast network.